Brian's going, but it's too early for a shepherd's prayer. <laughs> well, guess what? It's not a shepherd's prayer. It's a shepherd's sermon at. It's a sermon. Yeah. Basically a shepherd's prayer with notes. So there you go. And you know, between the songs that we sang and Mitch's communion prayer, y'all touched on everything. Great talk. No, no, no. No, no, no. Um, all right, before we get this started, my, we're not going to show it yet, but uh, I came up with this sermon topic a long time ago, and of course, you know, Leslie's like, you know, it'd be great if you guys could get in there and preach every now and then. I'm like, okay, I think I can do this. And I'll have you know, it's probably been well over 20 years since I've done a sermon. Yeah, so this will be my first time to uh, actually have notes and all that stuff, so thank you, thank you. Please hold your applause. You may be going, what was that? No, I know, I know. We're going to have fun with it. Well, anyway, my topic, it goes, it's basically a phrase that I've used before. So, you know, I knew it was going to be hard to follow Grant, you know, with that infomercial beginning, you know, I'm like, how do you top that? Well, I don't plan on it, but I told him my topic, and I was thinking, can you help me with like a slide to get this thing started? So I go up to John Smith and say, all right, here's the deal. And he has this look on his face of like, I've got just the thing. <laughs> all right, so I'm, I'm taking a little bit of a detour from Disney. All of you guys know me. So we're, so we're giving DreamWorks a little equal time here. But, but yeah, I'm like, he told me that. I'm like, you mean I've watched that movie before and I completely missed this scene? You know, but it's like, uh, you know, I, I can't do Donkey very well. But, you know, I like that boulder. That's a nice boulder. <laughs> so, so, well, you know, I try. I, you know, I'll give it my best shot. But this is, a, this is a phrase that I've used a lot kind of in my latter years of ministry of, if God can speak through rocks, and if he can speak through a donkey, he can certainly speak through me. There you go, see? See, all right. I knew this was going to be a great crowd, but I didn't know it was that great. But Justin's in the house, so there you go. So I like that. But, uh, yeah, you know, I'm like, okay, well, there you go. I like this. This is kind of nice. But... Uh, so in putting this thought together, I'm like, well, let's break it down a little bit. So, you know, if I'm talking about rocks that speak, a donkey that speaks, yeah, I can do this. So anyway, I'm going to take a slight detour, though, because my rock part of this lesson is in the New Testament. I know, I know, this is the Old Testament and good news and all that stuff. So just a slight, slight detour. So bear with me on that. So anyway, uh, we're going to start things off at the triumphal entry in Luke uh, 1937 through 40. And it reads, right at the crest where Mount of Olives begins its descent, the whole crowd of disciples burst into enthusiastic praise over all the mighty works they had witnessed. Blessed is he who comes, the king in God's name. All's well in heaven, God in the high places. Or should glory in the high places. Some Pharisees from the crowd told him, teacher, get your disciples under control. But he said, if they keep quiet, the stones would do it for them, shouting praise. Inanimate objects, guys, we, we are flesh and blood. We can speak. We have this ability to, to convey messages to people. 
if we're not doing it adequately, God can call on rocks to do it for him. Okay? And it's not just that one example in the New Testament. You know, the Old Testament, here we go. I'm back on the on-ramp. I'm back on the freeway. Uh, we're going to look at a few Old Testament examples. So Psalm 114.6. Mountains, what made you jump like rams? Hills, what made you jump like lambs? And then Isaiah 55.12. So you'll go out in joy. You'll be led in a, into a whole and complete life. The mountains and hills will lead the parade, bursting with song. All the trees of the forest will join the procession, exuberant with applause. No more thistles, but giant sequoias. No more thorn bushes, but stately pines. Monuments to me, to God, living and lasting evidence of God. Of course, my personal favorite really goes back to my early years in ministry. One of my dearest friends who actually brought me to Christ, he and I were... Uh, getting together for some sort of an event one night and of course this is in Houston and so trying to see stars at night is a little bit more of a challenge because of light pollution so you know I mean he's pointing up to the sky and he goes to Psalm 19:1, the heavens declare the glory of God the skies proclaim the works of his hands and if you if you've ever been in the hill country or maybe in Denton just outside of town maybe at the ranch, you've probably been able to look up to the skies and see God's glory in the stars, the heavens. Then you take some modern technology like the new telescopes that are out there and you're seeing galaxies being formed. You're seeing God's fingerprint all over our universe and outside us with the trees. So again, kind of going back to where I'm at with this thought, if God can speak through those things he can take worthless people like you and me, and he can do great things. Amen. He can take us where we are and allow us to be used by him and for him. So, so from there, uh, we go to the donkey part of this lesson. Uh, God speaks through Balaam's donkey. Now, this whole story in Numbers 22, a little strange. I will not kid you on that one. But I'm focusing really more just on this particular interaction uh, between Balaam and his donkey. So the donkey had the vision. He saw the threat, or I should say she saw the threat, and sought to protect his master three different times. Uh, the donkey went off road at one time. The donkey crushed his foot, trying to get its attention, I'm sure. And then finally just laid down in front of Balaam. And what's Balaam's response? Just hitting that donkey like crazy, you know? But here's that exchange between the donkey and Balaam. Then God gave speech to the donkey. She said to Balaam, what have I ever done to you that you have to beat me these three times? Balaam said, because you've been playing games with me. If I had a sword, I would have killed you by now. The, I know, pretty harsh. Uh, the donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your trusty donkey on whom you've ridden for years right up until now? Have I ever done anything like this to you before? Have I? He said, no. Now, I'm going to stop right there, and let's think about the absurdity of what's going on right now. You've got a donkey that's been doing all of this stuff, and all of a sudden this donkey's talking to you. But the best part is you're now talking to the donkey. It's like... <laughs> In the moment, I'm sure, you know, you're just getting this heated. 
and if you're like me, I've talked to many inanimate objects before. I like bump into something. I'm like, oh, excuse me. I'm like, that was the wall. Why, why are you asking the wall to excuse you? So I'm sure there was probably a moment where it's like, wait a minute. There's something wrong with this picture. And then 31. Then God helped Balaam see what was going on. <laughs> he saw God's angel blocking the way, brandishing a sword. Balaam fell to the ground, his face in the dirt. God's angel said to him, why have you beaten your poor donkey these three times? I have come here to block your way because you're getting way ahead of yourself. The donkey saw me and turned away from me these three times. If she hadn't, I would have killed you by this time, but not the donkey. I would have let her off. Balaam said to God's angel, I have sinned. I had no idea you were standing in the road blocking my way. If you don't like what I'm doing, I'll head back. But God's angel said to Balaam, go ahead and go with them but only say what I tell you to say. Absolutely no other word. Talk about your attention getter. That's interesting. All right, now I'm not going to judge any of you if you were hearing in your head the donkey talking like donkey and Shrek. Okay, there will be no judgment with this. If you won't judge me for doing the verses that Balaam said like Shrek. Donkey, you know. So there you go. All right, so why all of this? Why focus on this? Well, let me give you a little backstory about me. Uh, I, I became a Christian in my high school years, started my walk with Christ, and I was kind of, had a lot of people pointing me and saying, Don, you have this gift working with kids. You need to pursue that. So, you know, being really sound, and yeah, I need to do that. Where did I go to college? Texas A&M. Yeah, Giga Maggie's. They had a great campus ministry there, Aggies for Christ, and it really was a life changer for me at that time, late 70s, early 80s. And then uh, ultimately that pushed me to a preacher training school here in Dallas, and then to Abilene where I met my lovely bride. Yep, there you go. See, I gotta throw Debbie in there too. You know, she's, she's the best part of this story right there. So, but, uh, so, you know, we did that. I found a church job. I was a youth minister for five years. Uh, then we, the container store came along. We had some things that happened in our life, and I went to work for the container store. But then I entered into kind of a different phase of my ministry where I was more a lay minister, where I found myself volunteering with another church family and loved it. It was so much more rewarding than being in that paid role because the kids, when I was doing full-time ministry, you know, they would look at, oh, you're getting paid to do this. You have to be here. And they bonded with my volunteers. And I was always kind of like, man, I wish I had that. So then when I'm working at this other church and I'm in that volunteer role, I was going, yeah. And I loved being able to support the youth minister of that church I was at. So it was, it was kind of a fun deal. Well, 99 rolls along, and that's when we make our move to Dallas. We come up here. And we, we kind of refer to it as our wilderness wandering because trying to find a church family similar and dynamic with what we had in San Antonio, wasn't happening. I mean, we visited a couple of places. We finally found a church. We visited for about a month. We placed membership. We did the, you know, end of the song, you know, the lesson. You go stand up in front of the church and place membership. Hi, everybody. Nobody came up to say hi to us. And we, we never went back after that. It was, it was like, well, let down. So a few more weeks, months go by, and then we get a call from one of our dear college friends, and it's like, 
done. Debbie, come and see this. I think that's on here, isn't it? <laughs> oh, hey, you like that tie in there? Thank you, Focus. Uh, but we went to Garland and fell in love. It was, I mean, to say it was life-changing is an understatement, to say the least. Of course, our first Sunday, we go and we are part of a group that was getting ready to be the first church plant, the Mission Church. So we're there visiting, and then the praise team leader comes up and says, Hey, Don, Debbie, we hear you love to sing. Y'all want to come practice with us? Sure. Okay. You know, we come from an a cappella background, but here we are singing to praise and worship tapes. No, no band, anything like this. Um, so we had a great time with that. And then he's like, well, since you're here, would you guys like to stay and help us with worship? I'm like, sure. Talk about your introduction to a church. You know, come sneaking in just to check it out. No, you get pulled in to get on the praise team right off the bat. But that's what, that was one of the things that just really nailed it. And to hear Ronnie speak to be a part of Garland and to kind of rethink where I was, where I was spiritually, where I was uh, understanding scripture it was just a beautiful thing. And then, you know, I sit back and I see JVR and he's running this youth ministry and I'm like, man, I wish I'd done youth ministry like that. And I started noticing a few things. I didn't want to get involved. I didn't have that energy to yeah, I'll be that support for you, JVR. I was like, I think I was pretty selfish, and I wanted to kind of soak it in and absorb it myself and grow a little bit more. But then this interesting thing happened. Our daughter, Sarah, got into focus. It's all y'all's fault. <laughs> no, but to see focus at work. Man, talk about taking our campus ministry experiences to a whole other level to see that. And then... Things started clicking in my head, and with our daughter in focus, over there, waving at us, it, we started to get into it a little bit. We got to know more of the focus kids. And then I started realizing God could still use someone like me, even though I'm a little bit older, I'm not hip, still learning from you guys, thank you, just, you know, keep me in the know. But that's when it started to sink in that I'm not perfect. Guys, I stand before you a sinner. I stand before you humbled by God's ability to take me and use me. It's eye-opening, to say the least. And that's where that phrase has really come into play. If God can speak through rocks, and if he can speak through a donkey or an ass, and trust me, I was an ass, at times in my life. Uh, yes, Debbie, you, you watch her head nod up and down. He can take my broken self and use me to be nothing spectacular, but just someone who can be in someone's life, someone who can listen, someone who can show up, someone who can pray. It takes on all different things. And that's, that's kind of where we're at. So in looking at that, I was like, all right, can I get a clever, like, you know, three-point hook that I could throw you guys? You know, so, but if you feel unworthy of serving God because you struggle with sin, and if you find yourself 
because of your imperfections, keeping yourself away from wanting to be involved, from maybe wanting to reach out or be a part of something, then here's a couple of things I want to share with you. Just for fun's sake, we're going to call it Don's three B attitudes. <laughs> so we'll throw that up there. So basically, be available for others. Like that, it sings. Commit to looking for opportunities to connect with friends and peers. That could be everything from a small group. It could be Spark. Shameless plug for Spark there. Okay. Spark plug. Ah, see what I did there. Anyway. Don just walks into these. It's kind of scary. Uh, but here's the other part. One-on-one -on -one continues to be relevant for developing and nurturing long-term friendships and relationships. Yeah, that's how it's done. That's how it's done. We should make a t-shirt with that, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Hebrews 3.13 to that. Second point, be vulnerable and embrace the uncomfortables. You don't have to have all the answers for every situation when ministering to others. It is okay to say, I don't know. But don't leave it at that. Find out. Make learning and growing a we, not me thing. Adopt the mindset of let's find out together. And you guys are good at that. That's one of the things I've so admired about focus your ability to take those relationships and tie in with one another. So, yeah. So third, be assured, be assured, that God can use you warts and all. Okay? Don't let the warts hold you up. Okay? You don't have to be spotless. You don't have to be blemish-free. Just be you. Be available. Okay? Be vulnerable, but trust that God's going to take that and he's going to use it. All right, let's see. I think I'm on my last page. So here's some reflection questions to leave with you. Uh, what gets in your way when it comes to being available for others? So ponder that for a bit. What do you feel would be the worst possible outcome from interacting and ministering to others just as you are now. And that latter part's important, just as you are now. And then the third is, when will you allow yourself to be okay with being imperfect and trusting God can use you in your, in your imperfection for his glory? That has been one of the most profound things I've discovered in my walk with Christ is I don't have to have it all figured out. Yeah. Um, and I tell you when, you, when you step back and get yourself out of the way, it's pretty amazing what God does. Yeah. You know, he can take whatever comes out of your mouth, and if we allow him to be the one who's speaking, you'll stand back and go, what just happened? How did that, how did I come up with that? So we just need to get ourselves out of the way. That's the biggest obstacle right there. So as much as I talk about a rock, a donkey, and me, I want you to look at a rock, a donkey, and you, and how you can be the best you can be for God. Let's pray.
God, we love you so much, and we thank you for just taking us as we are, and just, and we let you down way too much, and you forgive us way too much, but we're thankful for that way too much. We're nothing without that, and just thanks for the, your presence, thanks for your ability to take our measly efforts at times and turning them into something amazing. And just, uh, I just pray for each of us in this room. I know some are in better places than others, but just speak to us all. And I just pray that you know, we can take what we are feeling uncomfortable about or what makes us nervous and say, you know what? Why do I have to worry about this? Because you've got it. You can take it. And you can make it happen. And if we mess up, we mess up. And I thank you for that fact, that, you know, with a sincere heart, we can take a, an attempt to help somebody that maybe doesn't go as well, and you can still work through that. You can still help us to rethink and readdress, and in some cases, bring another source. So, yeah, just thank you for that. Thank you for your son who makes it all possible. And just thank you for allowing us to dig into the Old Testament to really see the good news that's there. We love you. Pray all this through Christ. Amen. All right, guys. You're welcome. Can I kick it? Hey, everyone. Uh, this is probably a shock because I'm normally not the one here on the mic, but I've been asked to talk about kind of what my personal experience has been like serving at Our Daily Bread. Um, and I guess it's very relevant to some of the things we've talked about for today. Um, so for those who don't know who I am or are new to the church, welcome. Um, I'm Anthony. I work here on the sound team, and I've been part of DNC for a couple of years now. Um, so thinking about what to share for the experiences. Um, first of all, I'm gonna talk about just kind of what the physical facility looks like, and then I'll talk about my own personal experiences and see if, you know, hopefully that motivates us and kind of, I guess, reminds people of why it's important that we serve in whatever communities we're a part of. So. Our Daily Bread is a recent new sort of establishment. Um, the best way I can describe it is that it's a facility that helps a lot of folks really rehabilitate and get back to living on their own. So a lot of folks that usually come into Our Daily Bread are typically without a home. They usually have disabilities, whether physical or mental. Some of them also have uh, terminal diseases like cancer. Some are dealing with addiction. Um, and some are just simply just have no family, and they just don't have a lot of income. But what's cool about our daily bread is that they offer both counseling, social work, casework, and they help provide people with not just physical resources like food or shelter, but they even help people get jobs. They help people try to restore and get back to life. I don't know if anybody knows this, but Denton County is one of the few counties in Texas that actually has facilities for folks that are without homes. 
we have a very large homeless population that are coming from other counties just south of us, I won't name them, that don't provide those facilities. Think about that for a second. That's a lot of folks coming up here, right? Um, but something that is really cool about us is that the facility is new. It's very large, you have a lot of resources. There are some parts of it that can be a little bit messy or not untidy, but that's because a lot of folks are there and they're living in it right now. Um, one thing too though is that, you know, when you do decide to serve at it, definitely wear active clothing because a lot of the work you're probably gonna be doing is cleaning up and picking up trash or sweeping, or maybe it's washing dishes or serving food. Um, but one thing too that's really encouraging though are the people at our daily bread. A lot of folks think it can be a very depressing scene when we walk into those places where there's a lot of folks dealing with that, but it's actually quite the opposite. Um, people are actually really sweet there. All the residents say thank you numerous times for doing something simple as picking up a cigarette butt. I'm not joking. They'll even sometimes offer to help you if they can. And the staff are more than welcoming either. They're always welcome to answer any questions you have or to provide any direction you need. Because I think if you're like me, it's like if I get there, what do I do? Well, guess what? You can always ask and someone will tell you. The work also is not that difficult. Like I said, most of the stuff I've done is like cleaning. Shifts can normally last from three to four hours depending on what's needed. Um, the most hectic times can be during meal times, but that's really not that bad for the most part. Um, one thing too about the residents as well is that sometimes the residents are always asking, you know, why do you do this? Why are you here? Who are you with? What organization are you a part of? And I think I'll touch on that in a second of why that's a really important question. But overall, what I would say is the work is not that hard. It really isn't. But I will say it can get a little messy sometimes. Um, some of it involves cleaning locker room showers, cleaning toilets, picking up dog poop, but it needs to be done because really the reality is that a lot of the staff that are full-time there, their job is to provide resources for folks and to get them connected to resources and they can't do that if they have to pick up stuff when there are five other people asking for help and that's what we can do. Yeah. I'm actually really grateful that the prompt was about what you want God to restore because that was something I wanted to share about in this meeting. So, um, one of the things that I have always asked God to restore is really restore my heart and the hearts of all of us to see people as images of God. I don't think I need to convince a lot of people here that that is probably the chief sin that really got us here in the first place. If you read Genesis, we kind of forgot that we were the image bearers of God. And a lot of the folks that are at our daily bread have not been treated as images of God. they haven't because for some reason some people think that they're physically or psychologically unfit to be deemed that way now for those that don't know my background I'm currently studying to be a mental health counselor and I want to work with people in addiction I'm gonna save you four years of undergraduate studies and empirical data and theological and like theoretical knowledge and anecdotal evidence the one thing that needs to be done that can usually prevent a lot of mental health concerns is simply loving people. I'm not joking. It's that simple. And a lot of these folks don't really get that. I can show you all the statistics that if basically 
what I've asked is really what I ask God to restore is simply restoring my heart to see people as image bearers of God and really to ask myself the question, how can I obey God by serving someone who is the least of these? And really, God, the other day I was serving at our daily bread, and something that God told me was, imagine if everybody just cared for the least of these. What would the world look like? And I think that is something that really prevents me from serving, too. I think all of us can get really paralyzed and overwhelmed about the world. It seems hopeless. And if you know me, you can ask Courtney, Sterling, or Devin. I tend to overthink about everything in the world. Um, and it usually leaves me very concerned about the state of affairs. And I usually feel like no matter what I do, it's not going to change. That is a lie that the enemy is telling you to prevent you from serving. Because the reality is when I go there, people's lives can be changed when they see someone who's coming just to simply care for them. And that actually gives me courage. Because whenever I leave serving, I actually feel more encouraged and more empowered because I realized, wow, I obeyed Jesus. And I didn't know what I was getting into. I just simply did it. And someone's life is just a little bit easier. And all I did was just pick up trash. And I think that's really the end of the day. I'm not here to guilt trip anybody, but if you're someone like me who tends to get really anxious about that, I would encourage you to go serve and find that courage because when you go there, you will feel refilled. I have, filled, I have felt more fulfilled by doing that because it also reminds me that, you know, therapy is not going to save the world. Jesus will. But I have to obey him first and do that. And I know that this community, because I, I work at UNT too, and all of you students that are here that have graduated, you all deeply care about something in the world. That's something that I've noticed among UNT students. The good news is that your hands or feet are here, and you can definitely do that. But I know some of us, too, it's easy to kind of get jaded and think, well, I don't live in Denton, or I work full-time, or I don't have weekends available. Okay, that's totally fine. But the point is that even if you can't serve our daily bread, I would just ask, like, where are your hands and feet? And I think really that's just the one thing that I would share, too, and... I'm hoping that for those that start to serve, if you want to start feeling closer to God and feel like you're his hands and feet, I'd recommend doing this as a good way to start. So that's what I have to share. Hi. Yeah, so to follow up on what Anthony said, I know that there are some of you that are already serving in other capacities in your community, and that's awesome if you're doing that. But if you don't find yourself serving the community, and when I say community, I'm talking about the community you live in, not our church community, um, then I would say that our daily bread is a good choice to start with. And when Anthony says that we're one of the only counties around that serve homeless people, I think that that gives it an extra importance that it's something like for me it's always hard to know like where do I get involved there are so many things that we could be doing um, and there are so many things we could be doing but when we have something like this in our own city I think it's a great place for us to jump in and start serving and start helping if you are interested in serving at our daily bread you can go to our daily bread Denton Dot org, and it will have uh, several different things if you scroll up and down on the page and one of them is volunteer 
You just click on that link and it tells you everything you need to know about how to sign up and how to get started. Um, you can sign up to go in for certain times and do certain jobs, but also if you find yourself with a couple of hours one day and you're like, I wanna go um, do something at Our Daily Bread, you can drop in and they'll give you some things that you can do. So there's two different ways to do it, signing up or just drop-ins, so just so you know that. And if you need any help getting signed up, um, then just let one of us know and we'll be happy to, to help you with that. Okay, so announcements. Um, the first one is this afternoon is a ministry workshop on building godly families. It's gonna be today from two to five at East Plano Fellowship. If you just put East Plano Fellowship into Google Maps, it'll tell you how to get there and it'll tell you the address and everything because they actually meet at a different church. So you can pull it up that way. And the address is on there. Thank you, Clarissa. Could you tell me anything else that pops up back there that I need to know? Thank you. Um, so the men's breakfast is next Saturday from 9 to 11 at the ranch. <laughs> Students and adults are welcome. Um, but please RSVP. So on all the things that I say, please RSVP, that is on Mighty Networks. You can find it under, I think Josh calls it what's going on at Denton this week, something like that. Um, if you go there and you look at all the different announcements, it'll have a button on each one where you can RSVP. But that's important for them to know how much food to make. And then there is also a women's check cootery mixer next Saturday. It's gonna be from 11 to one at the Houseman's. And this is actually gonna be an opportunity for you to meet at least two or three different women in maybe a deeper way than you would just saying hi on a Sunday morning. And then being able to follow up with those leads, so to speak, um, during the week to get to know somebody better and hopefully to be able to build a friendship. Uh, the charcuterie comes in because we're gonna have a charcuterie board and so watch the Denton North ladies group me for what you can bring to add to that charcuterie board. But that's gonna be this Saturday from 11 to one. Also please RSVP for that one. And then next Sunday from four to six is Spark. We are hosting Spark this time. So this is for people that are transitioning out of college and into post-college adulthood. So like if you're getting ready to graduate, this is a great time for you to join in on some of the Spark events. Um, it will be at the Senior Center where we're getting ready to move um, to have our Sunday services. And the topic is rediscovering friendship in adulthood. And then after that particular um, event, the end of the event will be people splitting up and going different places to have dinner together. So that's what you can expect from that event. We need people from DNC there. If we're gonna host it, we need to have a good representation. And um, so please show up to that. And then June 4th from two to six, we're having a marriage conference for our whole family of churches. The location is gonna be determined by how many people are interested in coming. So again, please go and indicate that you're interested in that so that they'll know how big of a spot they need to get for that. If you have any questions about that, there's gonna be a main session and then topical breakout sessions after that. 
Next week is our last week here at the GDAC. As I said, we'll be moving to the Senior Center. We've had a lot of confusion about the Senior Center, and so I am here to assure you that we are not invading some kind of place where older people live. That's not the kind of Senior Center we're talking about. It is a rec center for seniors. So if you walked into it today when there's nobody there, you wouldn't even know it was a senior center. You would just think it was a rec center. So next week, we'll be giving some pretty specific instructions about what to expect the first day we're there. But from now until May 7th, when we meet there, every time you see somebody from DNC or somebody you think might be coming to visit DNC soon, I want you to say, we are moving to the Senior Center May the 7th. We are moving to the Senior Center May the 7th. We don't want anyone showing up here. We want everybody to be there where we're gonna be. So remind each other of that. Oh yeah, we'll put a sign on the door, absolutely, yes. Um, and then just a reminder about giving. So I just wanted to update you guys a little bit that since we talked about giving, gosh, I think that was in January maybe, maybe February, um, that our giving has increased a little over $1,000 a month, which is huge. So thank you so much for stepping up and increasing your contribution. It's gonna really, really help us to do some things we wanna do at Denton North. Um, the other thing is we took up money last week for Danielle and Franco and their new baby that they've adopted. And we got about $500, which is awesome because we also have a lot of people that had already given to that through some other means that were available. And so I think that's 10 visits to the doctor plus transportation. So that'll be super helpful for them and we appreciate your generosity on that. If there's anybody that did not hear about and still wants to contribute, you can do that on our website or through Venmo, either one, and their new baby is Amelia, so that's what we've been putting in the note on Venmo. If you go to Tithely, choose Danielle and Franco, and it'll, we'll know that that's what that's for. So thank you so much for being generous and for giving. Um, it's really gonna bless them. Yes. No, no. Those things are of the devil and we will not have it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. If you want to pay me in Bitcoin, I mean, maybe. We'll see. We'll talk. We'll talk. Okay, that's all of the announcements for today. Is there anything I'm missing? Anybody have something that you're like, you didn't announce this? Okay, good. Then let's pray. And God, I just pray that as we leave here today, that we would leave wanting to serve you this week and looking for ways that you're working around us and joining you in that. I pray that we'll feel, we'll feel filled up to be sent out and that that's what we'll look forward to on Sundays is a time to recommit to you, a time to recommit to uh, loving the people around us and to be sent out into the world to be light and love and bring peace and bring restoration along with you, God. And we just love you a lot and thank you for the way that you love us and you love our community and you love the people around us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen.
Thank you, guys. Thanks for joining us for our sermon podcast. We would love for you to join us on Sunday morning or in one of our small groups during the week. And you can get more information about that at DentonNorthChurch.com.